Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hi, everyone. Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Today, I think I have met my match in the bubbly department. My guest is Chandra Gore, and you are going to love her. She works with entrepreneurs and individuals to create foundations for success and to understand how to gain visibility via media outreach with her boutique consulting and public relations firm, Chandra Gore Consulting. Adding host, media correspondent, and moderator to her resume, Chandra brings her wit, unique comedic comedic timing, say that word three times fast, (laughs) laughter and bubbly personality to the scene. Her personal brand, Conversations with Chan, includes a podcast, YouTube series, and publication. Overachiever. (laughs) Her slogan, Conversations Begin with a Smile, leads the way as she begins every endeavor with a smile. And I can attest to this fact because when we met, the first thing you did was give me a big old smile. So welcome aboard, Chan. I'm so glad you're here. I hope, can we call you Chan or do you prefer to be yes, called? Yes, you call me Chan. Okay, and good. I'm so I love excited Chan. to be here. I, I feel like I'm speaking to my kindred spirit here. <laughs> I think you might be since we both of those 50 tabs open at any given time, people, my brain always, right? It's also yes, my computer. Right. Should we admit that? A lot of tabs. No. A lot of tabs. <laughs> so th- saying all that, what I'd really love to start with is your ADHD story. How'd you find out? <laughs> So I didn't get diagnosed until I was an adult and it was during a time, a very, very not hard time, but it was a crucial time. I was going through a divorce and I was literally, I broke down. It was just like, I felt overwhelmed. And the doctor was like, gave me all of these questions. It's like, oh, that's me. I do that too. I guess that's me. <laughs> I do, yes. He goes, and no one's ever told you this. So it became, um, I did, you know, we were monitoring what I do at work because I was a project manager. So, you know, you have to be able to use like, this is why you haven't been diagnosed because you already had so many different things, you know, pulling your attention. When when I had the downtime and going through my divorce, that's when it all came crashing down. Oh, yeah. It was a great awakening for me because it explained a lot, especially, you know, in school, in college, all of these things. It's like, that makes sense. So then, you know, just learning those different things, learning that about myself, it allowed me to 
not beat myself up about, you know, why do I have all these things to do? I would have tasks listed that never completed. So all of those things came into place. Yeah, I hear you. Now, I don't know if you know, I was only diagnosed last spring. Bless you. I, I coughed, you sneeze <laughs> between the two of us. <laughs> it's that allergy season time of year. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed at 55. So I can really relate to the adult diagnosis thing and can certainly appreciate that part of your story. So when you first found out, like sort of what, it, what was the first thing you did? Laugh. Good. Okay, Thank goodness. <laughs> I have this thing where it's not that I do it on purpose. Okay. And it's because you know how you get bad news. You start crying and get upset. I'm the total opposite. Like I laugh and it's not because I'm not to see now I'm laughing about it. It's not because I'm not taking it serious. It's just like, I didn't die. So, okay. Yeah, you know, I'm a cancer survivor. So everything now is like, well, I didn't die. So, right. So it's like, that's my biggest thing. It was like, oh, okay. There's nothing else. So, and it's like, okay. So it just made me, it made me feel good about myself. I know it may sound weird, but it's like, you like to know those unique things about yourself. Right. Absolutely. That's one of the things that makes me me and makes me great. So I don't look at my mental, my mental health, my mental illnesses as deterrence or, you know, bad things. I just look at them as I'm just a little bit different and I'm okay with being different. I think different's fun. Yes, it is. I think there's a lot of creativity that can come with ADHD. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm curious, just because this is how my mind works, project Mm -hmm. management requires a lot of details and a lot of sort of calendaring, timelining things out. Was that, I'm, I'm curious how this happened for you? Was it that it was really a struggle or was it that it made it like you were able to get so much better at so many things? Because once you've done that project management process, now you can apply it to all aspects of your life. That was the the thing that helped us saving grace was because I was a planner and because like I would have multiple projects with multiple different mini projects inside of those projects. Right. So it was like my attention, like, it was like, oh, my mind just loved it because like, oh, you know, you have this do here. Then at the same time, this overlaps. And then you have, because it's, you know, it kept my mind always occupied. So I applied that same concept to my life and, you know, how I get things done. And it's like, uh, you know, I never say I have this thing where every career that I've ever walked into has benefited me in a great way. And I think that, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's all over the place. I said, the thing is, it's allowed me to learn and to grow and to incorporate things I didn't know about myself. So everything was at its time. I love that aspect of it. And project management really (laughs) has a way of, you know, you can put things in blocks and you can get things done because it takes it down to smaller chunks. But because your mind is always looking for next project, next thing to do it puts that next thing to do for you. Right. So. Bright, shiny. You <laughs> solved the whole bright, shiny problem. Yes. <laughs> that is a lot of us. Like we're like, um, I'm a getting ready to make a switch over to convert kit. And all I really want to do, not right this moment, but today is start learning convert kit. How are we going to do it? What's it going to be like? And, and I'm thinking that is not what is the priority today. You cannot do not. I like sent it to my virtual admin who I now mm-hmm. call my executive assistant. We were talking about that earlier too. And I'm like, please take this so that I can stop being tempted. (laughs) Please just take it over and do this because, first of all, she's going to be better at it, right? Because if we're 
as we manage our ADHD, we learn pretty quickly that we need people who are not like us to do the things that we don't enjoy. Because if we don't enjoy them, we don't do them because they're boring. Listen, (laughs) (laughs) that is the funniest thing you said, because I guess I push things that I don't want to do or it doesn't pique my interest off to the side. And so having an assistant actually helps me to get those things that I keep, you know, I don't even, I just do this and I keep pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And then it doesn't get done. And then my mind goes, wait a minute. Remember, you have to do that. Remember, you have to do that. Remember, you have to do that. You visit it. You don't want to then go back. I'm sorry. See, I've learned to verbalize what my mind does. (laughs) Can you keep up? Because see, for me, my mouth cannot keep up with my brain. And it can get me in trouble. <laughs> oh, and this is the funniest thing because someone was like, because I'm an introvert and I'm the most extroverted, extroverted introvert. introvert. Yes. Oh, we really are <laughs> sisters from another yes. mother. <laughs> so that's what when you say your your uh, mouth is a ca- that happens. And what when to keep me from doing because I I usually shut down and then I don't talk to anybody. Mm. And it's like, wait, you know, you can't do that, but you know, it it saves you from you know, feeling like you over, like you just overdid it, you know? So I just, to keep from doing that, like I did it just now, (laughs) to keep from doing that, I paused for a second and did it. So it allows my brain to catch up to the thought that I want to come, you know, I want to happen. But I also found that Google transcript is amazing. Yes. I don't actually use Google Transcript. I use a different modality for it. But just this morning, I had to get an email out very quickly. And I was doing my makeup and getting ready for this. And what I did was I got out my phone and I talked to the notes section. As I was, you know, mascara in one hand, holding the notes thing in the other. (laughs) But it helps because it's easier to speak it than type it. And if I'm doing multiple press releases or multiple strategies, it's easier for me to get those done if I speak it. And I know it looks like I'm talking to myself, but it actually helps capture everything that I want to get out of my brain on paper without, because you you sit there and I, I don't know if you've ever had that moment where you get writer's block and you know what you want to write, but you're just sitting there like frozen. Right. But if you talk about it, it comes out so easily. Exactly. In fact, the way I learned how to write round two, because I grew up, I was an English lit major. I went to business school. Then I was in corporate. A lot of people are very surprised by this, but I was in hardcore AIG corporate world for a while and then Wall Street. So I wrote in corporate speak. And when I became an entrepreneur, was out there talking to people, I was still writing that way. And the fact is, it's not it was a disconnect between who I am and as an entrepreneur, it, it needs to be much more of who I am and, and how I speak so that when you read and then you hear me, you say, oh yeah, same person. So when I took my first sort of writing class, it, the first assignment was start talking into your phone and then put that down on paper and then just adjust it a little bit to make it right. It is so easy for me to do now, Chan. It was so hard and excruciating when I started. And now it's just second nature. I write the way I speak. See, and that's because someone's like, how did you find your voice? Well, 
<laughs> because I used to write in corporate, like I used to, that's how I would write because being, you know, doing uh, marketing and um, communication, strategic communications in the corporate world and, you know, project, you know, you, I wrote in geek speak. So these are the things like <laughs> I went from geek speak to proposals and, you know, writing boilerplate, inf- you know, boilerplate language it just became repetitive and i lost my voice because you can't have fun mm. with your writing a company's boilerplate things for their their proposals because it's dry like a saltine with no water so <laughs> you can't like a any- saltine with no water i may have to <laughs> attribute that to you because it is good <laughs> You have to strip all of your personality away from the writing. And so that's what it turns into. And you, I found my voice as well. Like just, you know, being able to speak, you know, and then go back and edit it. It was beautiful. Love it. Love it. And of course, now you're using your voice in the world of PR, which leads us right to sort of the next topic, which is how'd you get into PR and how can PR be a little bit easier for those of us with a thousand bright, shiny object syndrome ideas, ADHD. Wait, you said bright, shiny object. Yes, that's me. Shiny thing. <laughs> shiny thing. That, that's what it is. I stumbled into public relations by accident. I was working. I'm a business consultant first. And um, I was working on a project and I already wrote like persuasive writing, you know, being able to have a pitch of business to be supported by individuals. And it's the, it's the same concept, but it's the way that the company wants to appear, how they want to speak, how they want to connect. And so I ended up writing a press release and then I pitched it to different outlets and I landed four, I landed them five placements. And I was like, oh, okay, I could do this. Because when you're working with a public relations strategy, you have to be able to think 10 steps ahead and then look at everything that's going around that applies to your client. And it's like, it like keeps my, um, it keeps my mind going because one, I'm stalking um, journalists, reading their materials. Stalking? Um, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) A great publicist knows how to know know when they're, when that um, journalist is posting, what they're posting about. So that when I do email them, I know what they've done in the last five articles and then also what's going on in their lives because stalking is the key. <laughs> but yes, I do those things. But having the ADHD, I'm able to go with where my mind takes me. But it right. takes me into places that can land major placements for my, my clients. So it's like, oh, you have to have this to be a publicist because if you don't, you don't have the ability to think outside of a box and think about multiple things, it's not a great fit for for an individual because they will never, it's hard to think 10 steps ahead when that's not how your brain works. Mm, I hear you. And I, I, and some of my clients, this is something that sort of gets them in trouble. The boss is saying like, you need to be at the 60,000 foot view. And she's saying, but I can see the 10 problems this is going to have down the road just stay with me they're not nope no someone like and this is the thing you have to it's let someone else kind of carry that weight of looking at what the problem should could be Mm -hmm. you know what different things and so when you have someone else looking at it it makes it a lot easier to focus on what you need to do right now Mm -hmm. oh got it hard What's your number one strategy for, let's say, 
I'm trying to get a piece of PR. First of all, forget it. I'm hiring you, Chan, because I'm not my thing. But let's say, let's say in this pretend world, yes, that I'm going to go out and try to get my own publication published. What would be the first step? The first step would be to check your backyard, which is your community, mm. which is where you live, where you have put your roots down in, right? Because within that community connection, that's where you're going to get, you're going to start that footprint for being in the press and, you know, getting the visibility that you need. And a lot of people miss that because they mm. look at the larger publications, the larger outlets, but your local newspaper is recorded in the Library of Congress. So start there. You know, start there. And it's so easy to get into your local newspaper because you have that connection right. to that community. And then, you know, other ways, just connecting with local bloggers, things of that nature, letting them know you're there. If it's applicable to your business, right. connect with them, talk to them and say, hey, you know, here are some tips. Do you, you know, work with them and coming up with blog posts or coming up with a collaboration? A lot of times, those opportunities are missed because no one thinks of that. No one looks at that. And that's where I think, I think that's where a lot of people, they go wrong, you know, because if you're local, your local county state, or, you know, your those individuals around you don't know who you are, what's going to keep you sustained? Right. What could it be your support system when you definitely need to hit with the world is, I'm not going to say open it back up because, you know, I'm still treading lightly. But what's going to be that saving grace that's going to say, hey, someone needs this service. Who do I refer? Mm, good point. They don't know you're there. So it's like, let people know you're there. Let them know that you are part of the community. Let Because that's going to be the first thing anyone should do. And the local community is probably more, way more hungry for a news article than, I don't know, Vogue. I just grabbed a random yes. place out of my brain. Because <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of individuals, when they sit down and they talk to me, well, I don't want to be on Informed. Okay, your local newspaper has a finance section, and <laughs> or has a business section. Do you know about it? And they tell me no. I was like, oh, so how do you stay connected to your community? Right. <laughs> so those are the things. Like I'm, I'm working on something now to help you know, businesses to kind of do that community uh, PR for themselves. Right. Because when you, sometimes you're not ready to work with a firm and there's little things you can, if, you know, you're giving the right materials, you can do that groundwork and understand the process because for some, you have to experience the no's right. and the, can you revisit this so that you can understand what a publicist goes through on a daily basis because- right. It's a lot of no's. <laughs> and, it, and it's a lot of work. I mean, it's not It's not just, oh, I'm going to submit this over here to Forbes and I'm done. You're probably submitting it to Fast Company and, I don't know, Smart Business and, and Economist. I'm trying to make up things in that genre. Sometimes they want There's another one. It. Sometimes they want you to already have it written. Right. So I'm actually a copywriter as well. So it's like, you know, I have to be able to write for about different subjects. And, you know, <laughs> it's those things that a lot of people, they miss about a publicist and, or your strategic com comms person, if you really want to zhuzh it up with a razzle doubt. So, yeah. <laughs> and here in Fairfield County, where I live, Connecticut, there's actually the local business papers, Fairfield County Business Journal. So. Yes. 
hey, a lot of eyeballs are going to see an article in the Fairfield County Business Journal, right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, a lot of these things end up going national anyway. It's interesting I because it, it's really a lot of about – so publicists, it's all about who you know. If you're yes. an entrepreneur, it can often be about who you know and if, do people know about you. And I had a situation in October where uh, – maybe September. I was reached out to by a friend of mine. She tagged me on Facebook oh. that I think you could speak to this topic. And it was about um, organization and mental health. Mm-hmm. How could you stay organized at home with mental health? And I talked more towards the office, but she still thought, right, that it could be a good fit. Yeah. And so I talked to the writer and she interviewed me and I gave, I, I had no idea what was going to show up or what was going to be important. She actually used the section where it was like, how do you organize your home office? And there were three quick steps, right? So it was a very, very short part of this article in the Washington Post. Yes. <sighs> Right. That never would have happened if my friend didn't know that was something I was interested in, if I didn't jump on it and make it happen. And yeah, I'm way down the article. But the fact is, as I can say, I was in the Washington Post. Now, here's the interesting part, Chan. I got to just finish this last little bit. It's not just in the Washington Post. I went and did a search of that article title. It's in a whole bunch of other newspapers, too, all over the country. What? Like I found it in Kentucky. I think California. Oh, I was like, Chan, like, that's so cool. Happened. That was my moment in the sun. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. You know, it's like a snowball effect. You giving that what that one person seeing what you do and applying it. And then from there, it snowballs. If that's what it does. And it's like, wait, you, you realize that, wait, I just got that good reach. And Washington Post is a great, great placement, by the way. Kudos. Thank you. Because <laughs> it really has nothing to do with me. I mean, that's the ironic part. I can't even say like I did something. All I did was give a 20 minute phone interview. I think I was even sitting on my patio. But that's a good thing. That's how it happens. But never say, you know, it doesn't matter if you are the last part of the article, the mid part of the article. You left your mark. Yeah. That's what people are when they see when they see your name. They'll see that. And most of the time, if you clip your section of the, the article and you let people know the beginning, that's all they care about anyway. Right. <laughs> it's watching the, 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 where I was placed. You know, it doesn't, you know, well, it's a long story about those things. So. so here's another thought I have. And I never, literally, this conversation is what's triggering this thought for me. So I'm curious. I'm a podcaster. You're a podcaster. Is that kind of PR? Yeah, it is. It is PR because it's a great way for you to, one, lend your, lend your voice as a, creates a voice of a subject matter expert. And then also it allows others in a little peek into your mind and see how you interact. And also if you're on multiple podcasts, right? You can, it's like um, you have those placements. And if you're speaking about one subject, you can solidify yourself or create that space of a subject matter expert. Right. Because that's the only topic you speak on. And that way it opens the door for journalists to say, oh, I have a journal request. Right. Let me talk to her because I Googled her and that's what she talks about. And I would need that. No, it's you up. So, yeah, it makes me happy because it's like I love when people get it. Like, yes, podcasts do not look at numbers. Social media interactions do not do that. Look at the SEO and look at how what you're bringing to the table to that podcast. Like, don't think about how many downloads and things like that. That doesn't matter. I'm always floored when people ask me that question. I think, 
Like if you ask me on my po- your podcast, whoever you is out there in the world, I'm coming on unless it's something that's so against my values, which that has had yet to happen because really <laughs> I'm dealing mostly with entrepreneurs and business people. So that just isn't mm-hmm. something that's happened yet. But I, I don't say no because it's an opportunity. And I don't know what some listener out there might need something that I offered and they may never even call me. But maybe today I changed their life or gave them a little smile or gave them a little tidbit that might help them going forward. And that's amazing, right? What a feeling. It's one of those things that makes you smile because it's like, because when I talk about what I do, like I, you know, you could say I love what I do, by the way. It is something that I didn't think I would, but it's like I get up every day, put my, and it's like when I talk about it and I'm giving those, those tidbits of information that can help someone. Oh my gosh. It makes me happy because a lot of times it takes away that it demystifies what I do. Right. Cause most people don't work with someone or don't want to pursue learning about something. If it's still murky and cloudy and you don't really know what it is. And it's like, like your productivity coach. Right. For people with ADHD or other brain-based conditions. That right there within itself Someone who, because I have have bipolar disorder as well. So someone like me with anxiety, depression, all these things are going on, you know, just a sprinkle of ADHD, just a little bit. Um, (laughs) On top of that, having you available to help, you know, individual like me cope and learn different things on how to redo my brain a little bit, the processes. That's something that a lot of people are looking for. And people miss that. You know, because you could have someone who collects butterflies on Thursdays. There's someone who doesn't know, you know, they want to know that they could go and find you and learn how to collect the butterflies on Thursday. But if you're not speaking about it, no one's going to know. Right. So I learned how to surf when I was 53. That's what people always go. You did? You went out in the waves in the ocean (laughs) on a surfboard at 53? (laughs) What the heck? And it came. I'm saying what the heck too. Yes. I'm along with you all who said that. It came and I love it. I'm not any good at it. I'm just dreadful. Nobody's allowed to watch me surf because it is really ugly, but I love it. I I can't explain why. I really enjoy it. Uh, And I wrote this entire piece that I gave as a presentation that was lessons from surfing. And it's about tying life lessons or actually it's life lessons from surfing and it's tying the lessons I learned while surfing, you know, about being the board. Or (laughs) if you want to go a certain direction on the board, you have to be facing that. Even if your body's turned, which it is, your face needs to be facing that direction or your board is going somewhere else. No, no, no. You know, you're in the drink. (laughs) You're just soaked. (laughs) You're down. That's that. So it's really an interesting thing that has nothing to do about my business, but just something that people are kind of like, you surfed? I'm like, yeah, at 53. Well, crazy. I have a thing about, you know, it's the board and it looks like a little seal and I'm from beach and I'm like, eh, still, yeah, that's no, I watched too many shark week things that have ruined it for me. Yeah, so, no, no, I won't go alone. And I still go with an instructor because that's how bad I am, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I'm having fun. And that's what life is about. Trying new things, having fun. Why not? Yes, I'm coming up on 40 this year, and I'm like, what haven't I done yet? Oh, things that a lot of people are going to think that I'm crazy. 
I do want to skydive. I do want to do those things. So no, I, I skydiving was on my list until I had a kid. Now I'm really like, I don't know. Listen, I, I'm I, taking I, children with <laughs> Go for it. Do it. I think it'd be amazing. Um, follow Melanie Curtis. She's a skydiver and a, uh, and a coach on um, line on Instagram and whatnot. And she's all in that world. And I just watch in awe and I'm just like, oh, that's so cool. No. <laughs> I think for me, by the time I think that I'm going, I'm not going to do it, I'm already doing it. Okay. I can't wait to hear about that. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up, Chan, what is a productivity pointer strategy that you use to get through your busy brain day? Time blocking. Mm, that's a good one. I actually put everything that I need to do in a day that's getting up, making my bed, cleaning up, doing my notes. So I have spaces where I have to take a break because I'm say this, when your brain is all over the place, you get tired. Uh So, and then, so that's what I do. I schedule, like take a breather, take a break because you don't want to be overwhelmed. You don't want to get to the point where you lose that motivation because you're overwhelmed. So time blocking is key. And it may sound like, why are you doing everything down to the hour or the third? Because if not, there's nothing triggering my brain to say, go eat. Right. <laughs> How many times have I had lunch at 3 p.m.? Oh, something. I, yeah, I, I don't because I didn't have breakfast this morning. That's my fault because my I was excited about, you know, because like, I get to talk about something that I that I deal with. And it's right. like so I, excitement for me was, OK, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do this. And I was like, oh, I didn't. I haven't even had coffee. That's the crazy part. I haven't coffee because I get excited. So time blocking and these things are in my schedule, I'm able to stay on track, even though I may drift a little bit because as a publicist, there's something that may pop up in the trending story to have to deal with it. But I put that in place. I put it in a building block. So that's my my share on how to kind of cope with it and to, because you're never, you're not, nothing needs to be fixed. You just need to zhuzh it up a little bit, move some things around. And that's how that works. Someday I want someone to tell me how you spell zhuzh. That's what I want to know. Because right? I say it all we gotta look that up. But if we go down, if we go down the internet rabbit hole, <laughs> we won't get anything done today, Chance. So, so I'm gonna put that to the side. <laughs> put it to the side. All right. How do people find you? You're amazing. You could go to chandragorconsulting.com or conversationswithchan.com. You could submit to be featured in a pub in an article or on my podcast nice. or, or if you're an author you can come on to my amazon live stream if you're looking for a publicist or someone to help you to put together a plan for your business you may not need a publicist at the moment but you just need a plan on how to get the reach for your business you can come to my website chandragorconsulting.com and i will have something special for your listeners coming up soon so i'm excited about that Thanks so much. Everything will be in the show notes, conversations with Chan and ChandraGoreConsulting.com. So I'll make sure those things are in the show notes and whatever special thing you might have coming up on the podcast, on the podcast, on the website, (laughs) the mind that thinks about the podcast. See, that's where my brain was going faster than my mouth. Thank you so much for being with us. You're so fun. Really enjoyed it and looking forward to staying connected. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. 
you've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.